in Ecclesiastes 4, we may read, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Amen. Our best friend might come in many forms. It might be a brother or a sister. It might be someone that we grew up with at school, a colleague or a friend from work or a club that we belong to. Maybe the person we are married to. During our life, the best mate might change. It might change a number of times. Or it may be the same one throughout. But I imagine whoever that person is, however many times that person has changed, there will be certain truths that remain. You enjoy spending time with them. You will have a mutual understanding about various topics and about each other. There will be trust. And as we've seen on the video and in our reading, a level of selflessness. In short, between friends, there is love. Our passage reveals to us something of the depth of true friendship. Jonathan will try to deceive his father, the king, and he will risk his own life for his friend, David. Jonathan is a prince that might be expected at some point to take the crown, to sit on the throne. But his language identifies that he knows that David will be the right king. Jonathan says at verse 13, May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. And the way that he carries on speaking suggests further that David will have power over Jonathan's family. Do not ever cut off your kindness from my family. There's a sense of trust and hope for the future there. As the one that should inherit looks to the one who will. It would be to Jonathan's advantage to simply be a superficial friend. To be kind to David's face, but then tell King Saul at the feast where David truly was. And then David could be found in the woods. This would earn favor with Jonathan's father, the king, and potentially bring the crown to his head. 
But Jonathan doesn't take the view that blood is thicker than water. He doesn't take the view that he should claim the prize of power and wealth. He will not betray his friendship and instead righteously protects David, even risking his life to do so. Do we in our lives think of our gain and the gain of our family over that of the gain of a close friend? How do we balance things? How do we set our priorities? In the video clip from last year, Alistair, the older brother, had the chance of beating the South African. If he had kept up his pace, he might have had gold medal. He would certainly have had silver. But having helped his younger brother Johnny to the line, Alistair could still take the silver and let Johnny get bronze. But that's not what a true friend does. A true friend pushes on and is selfless. And if you watch that clip carefully, you'll see that Alistair actually stops. He stops short of the line and pushes the brother over. The younger one, the one that almost did not finish, gets the silver. The one who had the strength to win the gold, perhaps, the one that had taken gold at the Olympics just a few weeks earlier, he takes the bronze. This is true friendship. This is love. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. How often, though, do we show our love to God in a way that truly costs us? Sometimes we dismiss the thing as being too inconvenient, the thing that we are called to do. It will take our time. Someone else can do it. Or maybe we'd simply rather not. We sometimes make decisions because of who will be there, what type of music, because we will be moved out of our comfort zone. We will be challenged in our faithfulness. But if we love God with all our heart, we will put him first, above others, above even our family, to do the right thing. We must always consider what that right thing is and whether we have our priorities in order. 
King Saul shows no love whatsoever. He's celebrating the New Moon Festival. It's the start of the new month, and it's a religious observation. But he does it without faith. He is simply going through the motions and having a feast. Likewise, how the king treats his son, how he refers to his wife, what he speaks of David. There is no friendship and there is no love. There is no hope. That the king, through his spear, indicates the shortness of temper and the intent to cause death. The language and actions of the king demonstrate why Samuel had been led to the Lord to anoint a new king, which was David. Our own queen has this week achieved her sapphire jubilee, which is a remarkable feat. And although I understand that she may at times be forthright and speak her mind, she also understands the importance of being stable and of exercising self-control. And as we remembered last summer, she considers herself a servant of her people. A ruler, someone in authority, cannot be an individual that just flies off the handle. A head of state needs to think in a cool-headed way and bring a reasoned response. By contrast to how the king behaves in this passage, Jonathan, although said to have fierce anger, keeps himself composed. Yes, he does not meet violence with violence, but processes his anger through finding himself unable to eat during the feast, an indication that he knew all was not well. He wanted to come to God, but he was struggling in the circumstances. And then as the next day comes, he is able to move onwards, to communicate the message to his friend David that it was right to flee. This is the sort of friend you want, isn't it? This is who you long for as a best friend. As we heard earlier in the family time, Jesus in John 15 calls his disciples friends. It's at a time of a change of tempo in the proceedings. He's starting to come to the end of his earthly ministry and pass it over to his followers. This transition must come because it was not going to be long until his arrest. Although we may experience many good friendships in our life, no one will match the loving friendship that is offered by Jesus. In him, we can put our trust fully 
and he will not let us down. He always offers hope. He will know your inmost feelings, as a friend often does, but he will never tell them to a tabloid. He will never be selfish. He has already done the most selfless thing imaginable. He has taken our sins upon his shoulders. When we think of friends, friends we have known for a long time, people who we know really closely, does Jesus count among those numbers? He has love for you. As grace read, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend.